Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and on 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline 706-0111. If you would like to get in, it is a Friday before a, uh, you know, probably the least busy sports weekend we've had in quite a while. To be honest, I mean, there's not a lot of game. You know, there's obviously NFL schedule, but um, you know, LSU's bowl game is quite a ways away. The Cajuns don't play till next weekend. A um, lot of national signing day prep stuff. You know, final weekend before that. But uh, I would think most of that haze in the born already. Not all, obviously. Some. Some people will change their mind on Wednesday. Some will wait all the way until February. But I would think the vast majority of the people who plan on signing early on Wednesday already kind of know what they're going to do. But some will flip and some will wait. So, we'll, you know, that there's always that. But really... It hit me again this morning. It's almost like, it's still almost like a bad dream. Like, did did a 12-year veteran running back really voluntarily run out of bounds short of the first down in a coup de grace situation or any situation? I mean, it's like, Exact how, how I still it still boggles my mind what Mark Ingram did. Like how can you how is that even possible? How can you be so weak minded as to do what he did? It's just you know, and I guess you could argue that on one hand it's a shame. Because, you know, he didn't have a terrible career. It was disappointing from what they build him up to be. But he didn't have a terrible career, and he had some good years in New Orleans. But, I mean, really, is anybody going to remember anything? The fumble in Seattle, the fumble against Tampa, and running out of bounds. It's just... I mean, obviously we know that he had some good years. I guess you'd say he had two good years in New Orleans. And he wasn't awful the rest of the time, but he was, He was, you know, he left you waiting, wanting more, I should say. But 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 
What do you think you're going to remember as a Saints fan or just someone who watch, may watch the Saints? You might be a Saints hater and you just kind of follow the team because you live around here and you want to um, root against them. Like, what are you going to remember about Mark Ingram? The fumble in Seattle in the playoff game. The fumble against Tampa and running out of bounds. I think that running out of bounds is what most people are going to remember about him. I guess it's a shame to say, you know, the worst thing you ever did you shouldn't be remembered by. I mean, it's not like it's a crime or something, but it's a sports crime. And a screen pass. I had the Giants that they called back for holding that would have put the end of that game. That wasn't his fault. That was the official's fault. But Some bogus holding call on the screen pass that would have probably won that game, and then they blew that one. Sickening. It's, it's uh, not, what, nine days from Christmas, and I shouldn't be having these thoughts in my mind, but to be honest, that's, that's just kind of where it's like I still... You know, I've been trying not to think about it. I got up this morning. I'm like, did that really happen? Because, you know, I, I struggle with that. Like, people died. I'm like, well, they already died. I mean, like, you know, I must have daydreamed this. And and you just you wake up some days and you say, man, I, I just wish that was like a bad dream and a daydream that that cat ran out of bounds. He just voluntarily ran out of bounds. I uh, was in Lake Charles last night to see the Cajuns play against McNeese, and we'll be talking quite a bit about that game. Um, later in the show, we're going to have our week. He's um, got some things going on. Normally, we talk to Tom Hayford, the voice of the Cowboys, in the 9 o'clock hour, but it's going to be in the 10 o'clock hour uh, th- th- this Friday. And so we'll talk with him and uh, we'll talk about the game and what I liked and didn't like from the Cajuns' performance last night. But um, And so, you know, there's some basketball, um, you know, to be going on. And, um, you know, the Cajuns will play next Wednesday. Well, Wednesday's going to be a big day. you got National Signing Day, and the Cajuns are playing on the road against a top-five team. And um, so, you know, we'll we'll have that as a, um, you know, we'll have that to look forward to. And then two days later, the Cajuns are playing in a bowl game. So next week will be a little more on the busy side um, as far as events. But until that, we talk to Tom uh, the game hotline will be open, 706-0111. 706-0111. All right, the Yankees signed Carlos Rodon yesterday. It's amazing how many different reactions I've seen and heard to the Yankees signing Rodon. Like, the reason why it's so mixed is it feels like it it – the options for how this could work out are all over the place. It just feels that way. You know, a couple years ago, Carlos Rodon, a lot of people thought his career was over. It looked like it was really not, it was not looking good. And then he has this great comeback season and he was fabulous this year. 
So I think part of the reaction is, one, um, that he got six years. There are people who think, well, if you give two or three years to Carlos Rodon, that and maybe even give him a little more money per year, that made more sense to some than to sign him to a six-year deal. Because, again, it was just a few years ago or three years ago where he was like, eh, his career was kind of on the rocks. More health-wise than anything, it wasn't like, I mean, he wasn't pitching well, but I think most people thought it had to. It was a health situation. So we'll see uh, how, if he can make it to those six years. And, 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 you know, four years from now, are they still liking that, the contract or not? So that's one side of it. The other side of it is the Yankees went out and got a guy who's capable of shut, being a shutdown pitcher. Now, again, he's... He's had some really good years, and he's had some eh, a couple eh, years, and he's had some some injury situation, um, some injured injuries plague seasons. But the other side to this is, you've heard some people who've been critical of the current Yankee leadership, especially the ownership. Our friend Mister Bobby has and is one of them lifelong Yankee fan and is it seems like I could see where someone would interpret that signing as all right the Yankees are tired of not making the World Series and they're kind of uh you know that is kind of an aggressive move now you never know how people some I think Rodon seems to be mentally tough to me seems that way but some people handle the whole, you know, playing in New York and Boston, and some don't. So you, you never know how that's going to work out. But if he stays healthy, it's got a shot. But 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 along that line, it's it's like what you know. I think some people feel like three years ago they wouldn't have made this signing. So are they just getting really tired of not getting to the World Series? I'm sure they are. But I mean their fans are and the players and manager may be, but are the owners really, really tired with all the money they're making? And maybe this is a sign in that direction. We'll see. Now, again, you can make moves. Doesn't mean they're going to work out. You can spend money. Doesn't mean you're going to go to the world series. That's the punks. Uh, you know, they, 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 they spend more money than anyone. And sometimes they go there, but not all the time. It doesn't guarantee you anything. But it, but it, but it is, it is interesting. They've got still a couple bad contracts. We'll see how if they can get rid of them or they just kind of absorb that that blow. Astros still looking for an outfielder. I don't know. There's some out there. We'll see. They're just trying to. I guess they're trying to make us wait and be patient. Some of us are not too good at that. I guess they're just trying to wait and be, but but again, it's like I said, it's a hammock season, so it's a lot easier to wait to see what your team's going to do in terms of the hot stove league when you have the crown. So I, I that is that is true, and uh, need to keep you know I need to keep telling myself that it's just once they sign who they're going to sign. And again, we don't know, no guarantees. They could stick with Brantley. 
It could work or not work out. They could sign Conforto. It could work or not work out. They could sign Benintendi. It could work or not work out. We won't know anyway, but it just seems like that's a, there's that little unfinished business. And so once they make that signing, whichever direction they go in, we're not going to know whether it's good or bad until the season plays out. But then you, we, then we, you can really begin the hammock season. It's like, all right, they made their little moves. They're set for next season. It's just about executing and being healthy and, um, you know, not getting satisfied. But as fans, we can get satisfied. So the hammock season can really begin once they pick up an outfielder and decide what they're going to do with the catcher situation. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it just feels like there's that little unfinished business there, and hopefully that'll get done. One more thing about baseball, then we'll get to a timeout is not a surprise the Mets signed a veteran catcher yesterday, Omar Navarez, and I did not think that Scherzer and Verlander were going to stand for having a rookie starter, you know, um, and maybe, you know, the rookie ends up playing a fair amount of games, but I doubt he was going to do much catching of those two guys. Veteran, Hall of Fame veterans like them typically like veteran catchers. They don't want to mess with a rookie catcher from a defensive standpoint so uh, that was not a surprise and you know they have still have to see what they're going to do with McCann and uh, and Nito so just a couple baseball notes uh, since yet you know that we um, didn't know about yesterday on the show we'll take a time out we'll come back again Open phone line 706-0111 if you would like to get in on the game hotline. We'll be back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. Are you fluent in footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the footlish dictionary. Benedict Arnold's. Benedict Arnold's. Now, an NFL expansion team that stole a bunch of Saints players and coaches when first created, also known as the Carolina Panthers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome into Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111 on this Friday. Want to remind you about the Hangout Music Fest. Some of the biggest names in today's music will be taking over Gulf Shores, Alabama in May, the 19th through the 21st. The Red Hot Chili Peppers, Calvin Harris, Paramore, Lil Nas X, and more. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles will have VIP passes to the Hangout Fest. All you have to do to get eligible to win those is enter the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. Um, 
where that will allow you to have exclusive viewing areas, stage sides, pools, hot tubs, gourmet food. Hangout Fest is a beach vacation like no other. So to find out more, go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. Um, last night, again, was uh, made Raymond and I made the trip to Lake Charles. I had never been to the Legacy Center. Very nice. Appreciate everyone. Um, have at McNeese for hosting and uh, the sports information. They do a great job there and good people. And it was uh, it was a re- it was a really nice experience. And for the Cajuns, they were able to come away with a win. I was a little worried. Uh, it was a game that most of the game you kind of had a little bit of an uneasy feeling. This was a team in McNeese that was averaging just under 18 turnovers a game. They finished with 11, but they didn't, they, you know, they made a couple down the stretch that helped the Cajuns hold on for the win. But it was, um, you know, for most of the game, they were under 10 in, in, in turnovers, single digits. And um, and the Cajuns were shooting a really high percentage. So there's like seven minutes to go in the game about. And I'm looking at the score, and the Cajuns are shooting like 57, 58% in that range from the field for the game. And they're up one. So I'm thinking, and at the time, I think McNeese had about seven, maybe eight turnovers. And I'm thinking, man, there's seven, six, seven minutes, I think seven minutes to go in the game. You're up one. You're shooting almost 60%, and the other team is not turning it over. This, this doesn't sound good. <laughs> it just didn't look good for the Cajuns win. I mean, at the, if I was a McNeese fan at the time, I'd be thinking, man, I kind of like chances here. Um, kind of like the chances here. But McNeese did turn it over two or three times down the stretch. The Cajuns were able to get a few stops defensively, and they were able to pull out a 78-70 to victory. They also, uh, Jordan Brown, who at times has struggled at the free throw line, and he missed three last night, but they were really all over him. Like, he drew nine fouls. McNeese got nine fouls on guys trying to defend Jordan. And that resulted in 12 free throws, and he made nine of them, and several of them were critical ones down the stretch. Um, so it was um, it was it was a nice win, but and you know I, I hesitate to say these things because you you know some games like you know, at UNO and at McNeese or games that you figure are probably going to be more competitive than the records show because they're in-state games and, you know, these are not conference games. This team seems to, this Cajun team seems to have some maturity about it, no question about that. But they, there were some things, so, you, you know, how they played last night is not necessarily how you're going to play in January in a big conference game or February in a big conference game. So, you know, they're just finished. You know, they're a week away from the semester finish, and we understand all that. 
theoretically not maximum focus. But with all that said, uh, there were some issues on defense last night, especially at the guard position. Themis was getting beat off the dribble pretty good. Michael Thomas got beat off the dribble pretty good a few times. Themis got some early fouls. He only played 22 minutes. Now he had some nice stretches, and I still love his attitude. You know, I, I could just see Themis on the court, uh, his leadership skills when things were going awry. And the Cajuns had 15 turnovers. They didn't handle the ball well at times. They, they, they had some sloppy turnovers last night in that game. No question about that. Uh, it was not like, I mean, they shot the ball well. They shot 57% for the game, which is outstanding, and made shot 23s and made 10 of them. Uh, but there were some issues on defense that, you know, they've got to clear up. And the, the other thing that's an issue is even though at the very end they ended up um, getting some rebounds down the stretch and ended up out-rebounding McNeese 33-32, to 32, but the, reason, the main reason why the game was, was as close as it was for most of the game was that McNeese got 15 offensive rebounds. That resulted in McNeese outscoring the Cajuns 20-6 to six in second-chance baskets. And that kept them in the game. The game before, and again, it was a blowout game, so I don't, I don't want to make too big a deal out of it, but it is a concern. The, other, the, the previous game, the opponent got 14 offensive rebounds, so that's 29 offensive rebounds in the last two games. And so... Uh, you know, ask Coach Marlin about it after the game, and he he didn't seem overly concerned. Uh, he thought, you know, it was something they could put some emphasis on and get it fixed, and hopefully they can. But I, I'm, you know, you look at Jordan; he's not a big, he's tall, but he's not a big physical guy. He's a little bit more of a finesse post player. And Terrence Lewis is is fabulous. Now he had three turnovers last night, which he don't normally do. He had some errant passes, but he still. Um, Terrence Lewis had 16 points, eight rebounds in only 27 minutes and was eight of 11 from the field. So other than the turnovers, he was still pretty efficient. But, and he's a good rebounder, but he's not a huge, like he's not really that big. Like the only big body they have is Isaiah Richards, who didn't play last night. And in certain matchups, because McNeese didn't really have a true big they're more athletic than they are big in the post. And uh, Christian Shoemate, man, he was he was impressive. Just all-out hustle. 16 points, 14 rebounds, eight offensive rebounds. You know, quite, a, quite often they would get putbacks or, you know, one time it seemed like I think they took four shots before they got uh, – had four shots at the basket before they got a three-pointer to fall. So um, – Rebounding is another issue is the point I'm making, potentially. Uh, the Cajuns are executing very well on offense most of the time. Again, they've shot 50% or higher from the field for three straight games now. Now, again, two of those games were against, well, not the Sanford game was pretty good. Sanford was pretty good. Um, Louisiana Christian obviously is not on their level. But, but, um, but, but Sanford's pretty good, pretty solid team. That was a good performance. And McNeese, again, they've played a brutal schedule. They do not have a good record. But they played hard last night. Trey English had 24 points. And um, and I and I mentioned what Shoemate did. And we'll talk more about the McNeese side of it with Tom Hafer in the, in the next hour. But from a Cajun perspective, 
Uh, it was a W. Again, I don't want to build up this one game to bigger than it is. They went on the road. They won the game. They're 10-1 and one on the season. All of that is good. But, you know, when they get into conference play, there are some really good teams in this league, and they're going to play some of them. You know, Southern Miss, they're going to – first of all, you're going to go on the road, which is always tough. And then you, when you come home, you're going to be playing Southern Miss, who also has a really good record. And so, um, you know, they're going to – I'm sure they're going to, there's going to be a lot of focus. they got to rebound. And rebounding has never really been a big problem for the Cajuns over the years. They normally have – you know, since Coach Marlin's been here, been a very good rebounding team. You know, they've had the Bryce Washingtons and the Sean Kings and guys who can really rebound. But um, I don't know if, you know, they're going to probably need a little more help from other guys like, like, like Joe Charles played 50 minutes last night, got three rebounds. He's got some height. He's not really a post player. But they're, they're going to need rebounds. Um, Jordan Brown only got five last night. Played 36 minutes. Got five rebounds. I mean, he's going to have to get more rebounds. Somebody's going to have to get more rebounds is the point. And it's not so much how many you get sometimes. It's, it's how many offensive rebounds you give that lead to, to offense for the opponent. Because let's say they only got seven or eight offensive rebounds. Say eight offensive rebounds and only had, you know, 12 second-chance points, then all of a sudden you're, you're winning, you know, comfortably by 16, 17, 18 points. Makes a big difference. Uh, you know, the Cajuns, had the Cajuns not shot such a high percentage, it could have been a very, very easily could have been a very different result last night in that matchup. So just something to keep an eye on. The Cajuns, again, don't play this weekend. Their next game is Wednesday at Texas, and then they get a break before they open conference play around, you know, for Christmas. And so we'll see how um, how that plays out. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. Again, I was at McNeese last night in Lake Charles, and I did not see. I don't know that. I, I, I can't really stomach. I saw some highlights this morning. Man, those uniforms that the cheaters wear are putrid. I mean, they just putrid. I mean, I understand that when your colors are red and puke brown, it's it's not a lot you can do with red and puke brown when that's your colors. I get that. But, man, those uniforms they wore last night, those are hideous. But I don't know why. White on white, I normally, but for them, it's just awful. I mean, I, I just awful uniforms. But anyway, they won the game, and Purdy did not throw an interception. He threw two touchdowns. You know, I don't want to get – some people are getting way out of hand on him. Obviously, he's done a good job. There's no arguing that he's done a good job. There's no arguing that. How good he is long-term, we have no idea. But, I mean, they scored 21 points against a bad defense, and the defense helped set up some of those scores. So it's not like – let's not act like, you know, they had this great offensive performance. But – they don't need to have great offensive performances um, to win games because their defense is elite. And so, um, you know, it, it's they were my preseason pick, and I still think they're going to get there. But 
we'll see what what um what teams can do if if better defenses can um force Purdy into more mistakes. Um obviously they're going to do a lot to try to protect him and they should. But uh he's obviously got, you know, so all those words that we love to use like moxie. He's obviously got some of that and you know, I heard someone last night refer to him as this, you know, an unknown that no one knows. Um I mean, he played at Iowa State. I know Iowa State, you say, well, you know, it's not exactly USC or Ohio State or Alabama or LSU or Florida. I mean, I get that, but it's, you know, it's not like he, he came from, you know, some Bloomsburg or something. I mean, he played at Iowa State in the Big 12 for at least three years. And, you know, they were ranked and had some nice seasons. So it's not like he he's not this. I don't look at Brock Purdy as this total unknown. He he established himself pretty good as a division, successful division one quarterback. But he, um, he you know, again, he it it's a lot easier to play quarterback when you have a really good running game and a great defense. It's, it's really not that difficult to play quarterback when you have a great defense and a good running game. Really not that very difficult at all. But you still got to know what you're doing, and he seems to know. So we'll see how that plays out. It'll be um, interesting to see. And then even more interesting to see is what are they going to do on them quarterbacks that they have on their roster right now? <laughs> you know, the, the teams that have quarterback questions going into the offseason, or going to be looking at Cheaterville and saying, hmm, what are you going to do with all them quarterbacks you got? So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. All right, let's take a timeout. When we come back, we'll talk more NFL, whatever you would like, but I do plan on getting back to the NFL. On the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The cheaters. Cheaters. The famed hated rival that beat the New Orleans Saints and others so many times in the 80s and 90s by cheating. Also known as the San Francisco 49ers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. You're a mean one. Mr. Grinch, you really are. Welcome back to the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers. World champion Houston Astros want to remem- remind you, if you would like to get a sneak preview of the Whitney Houston movie, I Want to Dance with Someone, simply text Whitney to 68683. Text Whitney to 68683. You might win a spare a pair of tickets for a sneak peek preview on December the 20th at the Celebrity Theater in Broussard. It's I Want to Dance with Somebody sneak preview brought to you by Brian's Jewelers and the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Are, are, you, a, are you a fan of the Grinch? I'm just... Russ loves the Grinch. He probably 
watches it three or four times every Christmas. I, I mean, I'm okay with it, but I, I'm just, it's not one that I typically pick. I mean, the message of it is, you know, it's fine, but uh, I don't know. Not a, not a, uh, I mean, Jim Carrey from an acting standpoint, I guess he does some pretty incredible things there, but. I wouldn't say I'm a big fan of the Grinch. Anyway, the game hotline, 706-0111. 706-0111 if you would like to get in. I mentioned yesterday, and I'll do this quickly for those of you who, you know, not interested in the QW issue or disagree with me on the QW issue. I mean, it's a free country if you want to be wrong. That's okay. Um. Just wanted to to give an update. Two weeks ago, we for whatever reason we forgot to give it last week. Um, it was six to three to five. Six the the superior quarterbacks won three. The inferior quarterbacks won in five games where they were on the same level. And last week, it was six to three to four. So um, I've no I have noticed in it a little bit. To the point of those of you who are quarterback worshipers, QWs as I call them, that as we've gotten closer to the end, it seems like that they're, they're, the superior quarterbacks are winning more games. Um, that seems to be a trend in the last three or four weeks. Now, with that said, I'm wondering how much of that has to do with there are a lot of middle quarterbacks like that second level who are injured or seem like there's a lot of injuries right now a lot of backups being played that might or are playing that might lead, lead to that a little bit maybe but uh that seems to be the last two or three weeks the um the the superior quarterbacks have kind of done a little better not it's now six to three to four is not like overwhelming or anything but for most of the season, weren't doing that all that great at all, but so I think it was uh, the last few weeks that it's it's been a little more on the QW side, and um, well, you know, we're only a few weeks away from having kind of like a season total, and we'll see if it's really as dramatically different as I think most people think. I think overall it's not, but it has been better in in, in recent weeks. Again, the game hotline is seven zero six zero one 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 seven zero six zero one. One one. Um, Saints play the Falcons on Sunday. Um, still not mathematically eliminated, I guess, but obviously, you know, essentially, I think most people have are done with the season in terms of hopes or anything like that. But you still want to beat the Falcons. You still want to win now I know there are people out there who are um who would not in most years say well you'd rather off losing but when you don't when you don't have a first round draft pick at least as of now depending what happens with the cast situation at least those of us who who aren't real big fans of that like I'd rather win and I know some people say, well, that's counterproductive. That's short-sighted. That's foolish losing thinking. Okay. 
But I just I'd rather win than gain, you know, some draft get a hot, you know, draft a little earlier. That's just me. I mean, again, Jefferson. He wasn't the first wide receiver taken. He's he's he might be the best wide receiver in football right now. It didn't take a top five pick to get him. Didn't even take a top ten pick to get him. And he might be the best wide receiver in football. So, um, I, I just don't play that game. And and so at least we don't have to hear that. Oh, I'd, I'd rather they, I'd rather they just lose. Now there are plenty of people. Oh, I'm done with the season, and I'm done with that, and. You know, I and they, and they get real, real negative, and I get that. But at least we don't have to hear. Well, I'd rather they just lose so they can get a higher draft pick because I hate that. Not, not. I do admit there are times that it can work, and there are people that believe. Now, baseball is a little different than football, but or in some ways a lot different than football. And there are people that believe that the Astros did it. They tanked. They lost on purpose. And and look at what you know what the result of that was. I um I don't I don't know that that really happened quite like the narrative of some says. But I, I just I just you know if you get a if you tank and you get a luck, how'd that work out? Are you tank? Remember, they were tanking for Tua. I don't know about that. And they, then they were tanking for Trevor Lawrence, and he's starting to kind of do better. Uh, I think he's a good quarterback. I don't know. I don't know if he's ever going to be a great, great elite quarterback, but we'll see. We'll give him time. But I, I'm just not a tanker for draft picks. So at least with all of the frustration that Saints fans like me have had to deal with in recent years. At least we don't have to deal with that. So you got to be thankful for what you can be thankful for. All right. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin. Howdy, sir. This is your how you want to win guy. And uh, I'm sorry that we haven't uh, lived up to the, the hopes. But we need that. We need this. Kevin, we need this. We all need this as Saints enthusiasts. I think we're going to get it. Now, just by the law of averages, so much losing, and I, I think we we should be in decent shape for it. You know how we're going to win, Kevin? What I think we're going to win, this is not your question. Yours is how you want to win. How I think we're going to win, I think it's going to be like you ever have a toolbox and you got all kind of parts in it and some of them miss and match but you hang on to it i think that way i think it's going to be a a rough shot uh you know i'd like to win probably the way you want to but i think it's going to be a uh, just an assembly and you know it's not a not a thing of beauty but it doesn't have to be we're going to get this win but i'll ask you how you'd like to win thank you kevin all right i think i would like to win with like two pick sixes. I, I, I really I, I just need a blowout right now. I don't need any stress. I don't I don't necessarily even need it to mean anything in the big picture because we all know that it, you know it, it's done. But it's not about any of that. I just need 
it's kind of like, um, you know, what, what, what do they call that? When you watch, you, you like a terrible song and you just, you know it's terrible, but for whatever reason you kind of like it or you watch some movie that you know it's terrible, but for whatever reason you like it and you just don't tell a lot of people. I, I just I just need an afternoon of crushing someone's face. Like I want them to, I want two pick sixes. You know, I, like I, I can remember um, when about 76 maybe, the Saints went to Seattle and beat them like 51 to 27 or something like that. And they just, they had a pick six and they just, you just have one of these games where it just all, it's just all works out and you just crush them. That's what I want. That's what I need. I want I want to win with pick sixes. Sack fumbles. And then I want in the fourth quarter to be able to run the ball down their throat with an NFL running back. That would make me feel good. Like running the ball down their throat with an NFL running back. That's what I want. Pick sixes, sack fumbles, and running down their throat with an NFL running back in a coup de grace situation. That's what I need. That's what I want. I mean, by the way, Mark, uh, you know, I meant to say Merry Christmas to you. Maybe we'll talk next week, but if we don't, Merry Christmas. But appreciate his calls for all those years. And no, I, I just need it. It would just be therapeutic. It would be very therapeutic if that could happen. Now, uh, I mean, the defense should be in good position if that's day one plays. I mean, you know, the defensive line has been the biggest disappointment of all this year other than maybe the turnovers, but it'd be nice if they could get some pressure. You know, we've already had so many indignities this year losing to – a rookie quarterback would just, you know, might push some fat cats like me over the edge. So I, I want face crushing, pick sixes, sack fumbles, face crushing to answer Mark's question. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back, finish out the first hour next on the game. Welcome back. Boy, I do need that song. I need Little Drummer Boy, but I could use Can't You See, too. Kind of what I feel right now, Can't You See. Oh. Oh. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you about Christmas come early sweepstakes. Boy, if I could win this, that'd be a great prize to win. Thanks to Armitar Jewelers, you could win a $500 Visa gift card. Simply enter the Game Rewards Club. That makes you eligible for a chance to win the $500 Visa gift card. It's that easy to get eligible. It's the Christmas Come Early Sweepstakes, powered by Armitage Jewelers. The Game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Again, um, other than about 10.35, we're going to be talking to McNeese State play-by-play man Tom Hafer. 
Other than that, we will the game hotline will be open. So if you would like to talk anything about NFL games, basketball, the Pelicans got beat again last night, this time in overtime by the Jazz. And again, it's it's two games on the road in December. So I wouldn't, if I was a Pelican fan, I would not panic. Um the Jazz got off to the hot start, cooled off, and then got two wins over the Pels this weekend. It's not the end of the world. I'm sure that there are some Pelican fans who really don't like the Jazz because of the whole Jazz New Orleans thing and them moving all them years ago. I, I get all that. But um, Clarkson had this unbelievable career night with 39 points, and, and, and the Pels lost in overtime. So, again, it's December. It's... Not, you know, wouldn't panic if I was a Pell fan. But it's never fun to lose. I get that, especially to the same team uh, in a three-day stretch. But, you know, it's it's it, you're on the road. Um, we talked about it earlier this week. It, there, there, there's very few teams in the NBA right now, even some of the teams with the best record, very few teams – are really, really good on the road. I mean, the way the NBA is right now, if you're 500 on the road, you're golden. And um, so the the Pels are, they, you know, they're a little under 500 now on the road after those two losses, but it's, it's, I don't think it's any cause for panic at all. And so obviously they're going to be playing without one of their better players for a while, so... You know, it's not going to be that easy to go on the road and win as against a team. I mean, they're over 500. It's not like the Jazz are bad. So, nothing to worry about. Just chalk it up for a loss and and uh, and move on. But uh, Zion's still looking really good. That's it for the first hour. Another hour to follow. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber, the game hotline, 706-0111. If you would like to get in, 706-0111. Hannah alerted me that today there are two bowl games. One is going to start in about a half an hour. The Bahamas Bowl, Miami of Ohio against UAB. Now, Cajun fans should know about both of those teams. Once Not that long ago, the Cajuns were playing Miami in Mobile. I don't know why I said that because that just brings back that was the trip where the Saints lost to the Vikings in the playoffs. Oh, that was to end the most disgusting, cheating season of all. I mean, the Saints would never cheated more than in that 2019 season. That was one of the dark, 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 darkest days in my life as a sports fan. So I wish I wouldn't have thought about that. But the Cajuns have also played UAB. Had an, um, that was a 
uh, a game where they went on the road. It was on a Friday night, so that was a little uncomfortable in the middle of high school football season. Uh, I was at Legion Field, which I grew up watching games at Legion Field, so plenty of nostalgia there, and that was where um, Coach was from. Um passed away and it was just you know it was it was an emotional night and a great comeback win for the Cajuns so the Cure Bowl is today at three o'clock and again very familiar for with Cajun fans UTSA who the Cajuns beat in the first responder bowl at SMU a couple years ago and Troy who is the you know uh, another heart Bad feeling for Cajun fans. They were up 17-0 and lost that game this year. But Troy is the champion. So, um, you know, if you're a Cajun fan, these two bowl games today, a lot of familiarity with the Cajuns. So uh, some in the conference, some outside the conference, but teams that the Cajuns have played in recent years. So might be interesting matchups there. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. So I'm going to touch on something you said yesterday. Well, let me start off by saying, Ronnie said I'm mean the other day. That's pretty funny. Because <laughs> he, he called, he screamed at you the whole time. <laughs> but I'm mean. I, would, I mean, well, you, you can change my name to uh, I don't like the Saints instead of Saint Tate. I mean, that's up to y'all. Y'all do whatever makes y'all happy. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm mean. That dude is crazy. <laughs> but you talked about uh, the Michael Parson thing. So. <clears throat> Kevin, you know we live in a world where everything's taken out of context. Everything. No matter where you put it. Yes. How you say it, it is crazy. And and, and to say what he said, I, I think he said it was true. It is, and I like Jalen Hurts. You know, I said that. And, and, and when you said things about the QBW, whatever you call it, you know, if, you, if they don't believe what you're saying, just ask the Bears when they went to the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. Let me let me say that one more time so y'all can hear. Rex Grossman <laughs> went to the Super Bowl with the yeah, Bears. Yes. So that just puts all that malarkey out of out of business. But um, does does the Cajuns have any shot to beat Houston in this bowl game? I mean, well, I think they have a shot. What I'm trying to, you know, when the when we get to next week, I think we'll get a few more details. A lot of it depends, and a lot, and not just that bowl. Like who's gonna play. Like how many? Because I've heard a number up to seven Houston players may not play. But again, I need to, I don't know exactly who they are and all that. So a lot of it's going to depend on who plays and yeah. how focused all these people are. Like you know, Houston was picked to win the league, just like the Kate their league, just like the Cajuns were, and they've lost some really close games. They could easily have nine or ten wins right now. And, you know, and, and be playing in a different bowl. And so it just depends on how motivated everyone is to play. Yeah, that's just that's going to be the – I'm looking at it as a betting part of you, you know. That's all that's what I'm trying to get. No, I understand. Anyway. Again, we'll know – once we, once we know a little more about all who's playing, I, as of now, last I've heard – Obviously, the Cagers are going to be without Michael Jefferson, who's their best offensive player. There's just no arguing of that. He's their best offensive player. So they're without their best offensive player, one of their best top two or three defensive players in, a, in Andre Jones. So, and, and a defensive lineman who, you know, starts sometimes, sometimes he doesn't, but he, he, he's, 
you know, he's part of the off the defensive line rotation. So they're missing three pretty significant players in in in, in you know with Jones and J- but I don't I don't think it's a long list other than that. Uh, I just don't know enough about yet what Houston's doing. So you you got to do me a favor. Now I'm I'm a pretty stand up guy with you. I shoot from the hip. No, you're talking about Sean Payton returning. So say now listen. You put uh, Nick Saban in this uh, tuck tail category. So if Sean Payton comes back, you got to rename him uh, tuck tail number two because he he tucked his tail and left when the scenes got bad. He quit is what and he did. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you got to do that. And and listen, I don't ask for much for Christmas, but for 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 Ronnie's sake, please let Tom Brady come to the North. <laughs> <laughs> the man will hey, melt look, down. He will have a meltdown. Hey, oh, he's got a meltdown. I can't wait. Look, before I go, you know, like we like to talk food. Uh, a Christmas snack that's overrated. Those little Debbie Christmas trees, overrated. Y'all have a good day. All right. Not only okay, I, I, I would, I, I, I would concur. I mean, I don't hate them. Don't get me wrong. I don't hate them. I don't hardly ever eat them. But I've eaten them. And they're okay, I, you know. But Michelle, a few weeks ago, she got that in ice cream. The little the, the, the little Christmas cake things that Saints hate are somehow ice cream. No, I just, I'm not, not a big fan of that. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin, this is Mark again. Hey. Of course. Merry Christmas from the Wagner family. All right. Safe, Merry Christmas. Happy and looking to 2023 with bright visions. Yes. But I uh, wanted to ask you something about there's a possibility that Tom Brady will meet up with the 49ers, correct? Theoretically, people are saying that because, you know, he grew up a 49er lover and all. But, but, but I mean, they already got three quarterbacks. They're going to add another one to the list. I don't know exactly how that's going to work out. Oh, no, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about meet as in the playoffs. In other words, Tampa versus the 49ers. Oh, okay. yeah, that's theoretically possible. Yes, sir. Well, isn't, isn't that some small measure of uh, happiness? I mean, you want to revolt in yourself because you hate both teams, but you could have at least Tom Brady getting his face crushed because you know that's what, what would happen. Well, I they mean, just crushed his face like, what, 35 nothing or something uh, yeah, last yeah. weekend. <laughs> Believe me, I would not watch. I did not watch that game, and if they meet in the, meet in the playoffs, I'm not going to watch that one either. All right, Kevin. I All love right. you. Merry Christmas. Merry right. Christmas. Yes. Sir. <laughs> oh, the yucks and the cheaters. That'd be no. Um, Brady doesn't get hit that much just because he just gets rid of the ball. And, I mean, if he has to throw it to the other team, he'll throw it to the other team. But he ain't getting hit. So, you know, he doesn't get sacked a whole lot. But, uh, but no, they got their face crushed. I don't, I don't think they'll get there, but who knows? I mean, it's just a lot of that is about motivation, too. It's not that different. It's different, but it's not that different than all these bowl games. You just don't know. Uh, and again, the bowl games, and we'll talk more about this next week. In addition to the things I, I was saying when Saints hater called, you know, these teams haven't played in a month. 
Some of these teams are going to go five weeks between games before they play or six weeks in between games. You don't have any idea what the execution level is going to be like when you've been out for four and five weeks without playing. And then you don't even have the same roster because guys are leaving for whatever different reason. So uh, bowl games are very unpredictable to me. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin, it's Tommy. How's it going, man? How are you, sir? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, I uh, I sent in a song, Are You Ready for a Miracle, thinking the Saints were going to beat Tampa, and it turned around it was the wrong miracle. Oh, It was yes. Tampa Bay that pulled the miracle. Yes. And uh, we're not... The fat lady's not singing, but she's damn sure warming up. Oh, man. No question there. Now, realistically, I mean, you're talking about all the dominoes would have to fall for the Saints to even remotely make the playoffs because you got, boy, three teams at seven wins for the wild card. No, they have no chance of that. Look, the first thing that has to happen is the Eagles have to beat the Cowboys because if the Eagles don't bench players, the Saints have a zero chance of beating them. Zero. Mm -hmm. And so the only chance, even if the Saints would beat the Arnolds and beat the Falcons and beat the Browns on the road, I I mean, I don't know. I don't think they're going to beat the Browns on the road. I don't even think they're going to win that game. I mean, I think they'll win Sunday. They would need the Eagles to be benching players because they've got it all wrapped up. That's the only way. Oh, yeah. Uh, But – Oh, one other side note. You know who's a big friend of Brian Kelly? Tim Fontenot. Oh, come on. Oh, because yeah. of the College Football Hall because of Fame of used Jacob. to be there? Yeah. yeah. He was, he was, Jacob was doing his internship at the College Hall of Fame. He got to meet Brian Kelly. I believe, yeah, that makes so sense. A, yeah. Now, that's a, uh, somebody was telling me that. I said, oh, I forgot about that, you know. So much stuff happens with the Saints and all this. You kind of forget on the on the sidelines of the important stuff. But yeah, Tim Tim's a, a big uh, a big uh, Brian Kelly fan, and he's he met. And then plus, I think they did at the Maxwell Club. I don't know. I'm sure Brian Kelly went to that too. Right. With uh, Dr. Campbell and that. So that's another connection. But. Uh, Let's yeah. just look. Let's but just it, hope. It, it, let's just hope they crush the Falcons' face and make us feel good. I mean, not right now, yeah, I just need a little feel good uh, win. Yeah, and, and then you know oh, we'll worry about all that miracle stuff. I, let, let's feel good first, then we'll worry about miracles. Well, that, that's how you. That's how they. Have, we look at you know as a as a fan, you look ahead, but as a player, you have to take it one game or one day at a time. You know, you don't think of. I've you're, always you're been a big look-ahead guy. Right. I, I've always been a big look-ahead guy, but this year's been so sickening I haven't even done that. I mean, again, I I, I haven't even done that. Like y- yesterday or the day before, um, uh, Raymond came in and asked me, who the Saints play next week, and I didn't even know. Like, I, I really, I, I'm, just, I, I'm just so uh, – I mean, I knew who they had left, but it was like, did they play the Arnolds first or the Browns first and all that? I just – I had to look it up. I mean, I'm just – I normally look ahead, but this year's been so disgusting I haven't even looked ahead past the week that they're playing. Well, 
Well, tell me this. If Olave plays, if we don't have that screwed-up schedule where we played on Sunday, then we play on Thursday. Those two games Olave missed against the Bengals and the Cardinals, don't you think if he plays that may flip both of those games? I, in our I think if that's day one, if Lattimore plays against the Bengals, they win the game, yes. And I think that makes a big difference. Yeah, but again, it's just – it's just that's just the kind of season it's been absolutely i appreciate the call sir take care merry christmas merry christmas all right one more let's go back to the game hotline for rooster hello hey kevin good morning sir oh good morning merry christmas uh i've been enjoying listening to the copy in the mail so to speak the last few days in this discussion about the possibility of Peyton coming back, and there's a lot of things to that I didn't know or understand. I didn't realize that the Saints still have rights to him for the next two years. Right. So, and I don't hate the idea at all. Uh, I would trim some fat. You know, I I would consider uh, trading even Kamara for a high early first-round pick if somebody out there – has one after the year he had this this year it wouldn't wouldn't matter much and get a good running back or two and uh dump Ingram of course of course I used to be Ingram used to be one of my favorite players but he's just done that's all there is to it and uh, as far as quarterback goes I want Purdy from San Francisco if there's a way to make that happen I want that dude well, there's going to be fans all over the country, and I mean, again, he's 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 represented himself very well. He seems to have the it factor, and the game doesn't seem to be too big for him. Even though at this point in his career, where he it should be, but it doesn't seem to. So I get it. I mean, I, I you're not. The, I'm sure you're not the only fan that's thinking, man. I mean, they have too many quarterbacks over there. So let's get one of them. Right, and uh, I don't really – I'm not that interested in Garoppolo. I, I think he's better than he he appears to be over there. Um, I know he's got the same players that Purdy has, but Purdy's got it, man. You're right, the it factor, that is it. He's, he, just, he just handles every situation so well. He, he looks off for his second and third receiver, puts the ball there. He, put, he throws the ball early. When it's uh, you can see the ball in the air before the receiver turns around all the time when he throws, he's got a weird delivery kind of like Philip Rivers had, um, but he's extremely uh, accurate, and uh, he he's the real deal. I mean, golly, uh, I know he hadn't been hit yet, and that's gonna determine what he does from there. But uh, he just has all the all the right tools. He recognizes defenses. He recognizes his reads. He he knows what he's doing, and I've just enjoyed watching him the last two games. I, you know, I'm not. You know, I don't like the 49ers. No, no more than you do, right? <laughs> I, no, I get it. it it's uh, he he he's done very well. And got you know stories like that are easy for fans to pull for, no question. And so we'll see what. We'll see how he does moving forward. And, again, when we get to the offseason, you're right. I mean, uh, you would think at least one of them's got to go somewhere else, you would think. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, it's going to be a matter of trade value. And uh, I guess the 49ers are not really one or two players away from being an elite team again. But uh, yeah, it's sick Purdy, you're right. 
I, I know. But anyway, Merry Christmas to you and your family. You too. Merry Christmas. We'll take a timeout, come back with more on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. Yeah, let's sing it now. Okay, Simon. Okay. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you, I did leave off this big sporting event. The finals of the World Cup is Sunday, 9 a.m. If you would like to watch, Delta Media's got you covered. You can watch it in Lafayette, Telemundo Lafayette, free over the air at KLWB Channel 50.3 or Cox Channel 19 for our Lake Charles listeners. World Cup fans can watch it on Telemundo Lake Charles, free over the air on Channel 19.2 and suddenly Channel 137. All the World Cup action final between France and Argentina. You can catch it via Delta Media. All right. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111-706-0111. We've talked about NFL and a little bit too much cheater talk for my blood. But, uh, you know, they played last night. They're doing well. They've got a very interesting quarterback story. I get it. I I get it. A little bit about the Saints and the Falcons. Cajun basketball, we'll be talking a little bit more from the McNeese angle with Tom Hafer in the next one. But um, for now, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, bro. Howdy. The kiss of death. What's that? They starting a rookie again. Yeah, one that can run a little bit too. It Saints just don't have much luck with first time quarter. I think all the way back to RG three lighting us up. Oh, no question. I'm we like, talked about that yesterday. That um, you know, overall, it's not as bad as I as I thought it was. But when when I, I someone sent me a chart earlier, and overall, it's not as bad as I thought it was. But in recent years, it's not good. That's correct. So I figured the Falcons were in too. But if not, you're facing Marietta, who's a running quarterback. So either way, it's it's, it's the Falcons, Saints. You throw everything out the window. It's going to be a field goal game either way. But we're on track to win so they can I rip need a off face a crush wins that, and make us think we actually had hope. But uh, I got a bone to pick with you, man. Luke was basically – parroting the same thing I've told you in the past, and you you told me I was crazy, and what? you agreed with Luke. What? That the Saints were just a bad team. No, and I, I did not I agree mean, with that. I didn't think we had talent. I did not agree with team, that. I thought we were a bad team, and he said the same thing. It was like we find ways to lose. That's the sign of a bad team. I just... I mean, I mean... I, I, I just... I don't... I, I think... A 12-year veteran running out of bounds is not the sign oh, of a bad team. That's just like that's like Haley's comet. That just does that happens like once a decade. That's not even there are many bad teams that have never even come close to doing something that stupid. Like that's well, that's I, beyond bad. I agree. I went to my priest and told him I'm, I went to confession, Kevin. I said I'm having a hard time forgiving this running back that's been with the Saints for something he did, and the priest said, it's okay, your penance is you're a Saints fan. 
So uh, I got off. But, yeah, I agree. One play. And, and you had some great points. Look at how we played against Tampa. Look at how we played against San Francisco. And you see other teams playing them, and they're, 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 those teams are pasting them. So I think we had the talent and a few plays here and there. That's what Luke said. We're going to look back and look at one play here and one play there, and we're, we're not only a winning team. You know, we're in the upper echelon of the of the league. But well, look, we have not. They, the Saints have not played well. You can't make those plays. The Saints have not played well this year. All I'm saying is, had he not done that and they won that game, they're I think they're on the verge of being reasonably healthy for the first time. They would have. They would be in position to be the team that I thought they should be at the beginning of the year. But it's all gone now because this idiot doesn't know how to run out of bounds. Yeah, look, I, I'm 100% in agreement with you, and I've, I've yet to forgive him for it. I just think it was inexcusable on, on multiple levels. Like you said, he's a veteran. I don't care if he was hurt. All he had to do was stick the ball out or fall forward. He wasn't thinking. It just and, – and, look, to follow that up with a quick slant instead of just running Taysom twice, you're going you're gonna to get that yard if you really need it. It's so – we compound well, don't, You don't know that you're going to get that yard. The Saints are not a good running football team against them. I, I that that is very overrated, though. You're going to get the yard if you run thing. That That is a stretch. Look, Ingr- Ingram should have gotten it. I'm not arguing that. Yeah. But, again, the play calling after that, you have to adapt to the situation. And after that happens, you've got to be smart. And they, they went brain dead on us. It's like, guys, same thing like fourth and the first and goal at the four, Kevin. I don't care. You run Taysom four times, he's going to break one of those tackles and fall into the end zone. <laughs> it's just we're a mess. We 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 take we take bad situations and make them worse. We can't stand prosperity, but that's why we're going to win this week because they're going to show Saints fans this is what could have been, and give us this glimmer of hope. And we're going to still think we're in it a little bit because they could run the table and. Tampa could lose out. I mean, San Francisco embarrassed Tampa, Kevin. We played Frisco, I thought, probably the best anybody's played them in the last six, seven weeks. Uh, I thought we should have beat – well, you all know we should have beat Tampa. So, it's it's they've got the talent. It's just, as a team, it's it's heartbreaking because we're just it's, – it's incompetence on a lot of levels. Play calling, decisions by veterans. Mistakes by rookies, leadership, penalties. all of that. No, absolutely. So that's it. But that's what I meant when I said we were a bad team, and you fussed at me and said we weren't. We are a bad team. We just we got a ton of talent. Is the good news a lot of young talent? I mean, I'm excited about the future. Well, we just got to work out what we're going to do at quarterback. But other than and that, running back. back, we got we got receivers, linebackers, defensive backs. Offensive linemen, I think we're set at a whole lot of positions. Need a running back. I but agree. You said that for two years. Yes. So anyway, I was just Let, uh, let's just hope the Saints allow us to give us a little, a little, a little fun, a little uh, joy in the middle of this awful season. So let's hope. Let's just hope for that for Sunday. Merry it's Christmas, the Falcons, Kevin. Yes. It don't matter if we're both one and ten right now. It's the Falcons. So. It, it, the game's going to mean something just because it's those two teams. All right. Thank you. God Let's, bless, bro. Merry you too. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Howdy. Um, so I made the mistake of uh, watching the end of that game last night. 
So it's third and one, right? There's like, I don't know, three or two minutes left, whatever. The game, you know, the Seattle's down by eight and with a chance to get the ball back. And what does Brock Purdy do? He, he rolls out, you know, play action roll out. He runs for the first down and he sticks the ball out. A rookie quarterback, he, he stuck the ball out and he, and he slid at the yeah, same time. When we, um, we were coming home from the UL McNeese basketball game, Raymond and I, and we were listening to the game. And the announcer made that statement, and I just, uh, yes, I, I heard exactly when that happened. Yes, yes. I just, <laughs> a rookie quarterback did that. I mean, it's just. Anyways. Sickening. Yeah. Um, someone brought up something to me yesterday about, you know, what's wrong with the Saints. And I think about, man, he's like, right, there's no, like, leaders on offense, too. They're, like, you have Andy Dalton, and he's just there. Alan Kamara is not a leader, you know. There's no one like you know. Taking over I, that role. I uh, we we've been talking about the Dennis Allen thing for for a while now, and it hit me yesterday. I think it was that one of the biggest things that's made a difference in this season that I think you know with this talk of some people talking about you know genius. I mean, um, Casper to quitter coming back is that I, I think one of the th- things that they're missing with him that was this the fumbling like they never fumbled all these years and this year they made an art out of fumbling and I I think just if you just with him and look the Saints were not a good offensive football team last year they had talent issues and injury issues no question they're much more talented and you know this year on offense especially if they're reasonably healthy. But the biggest difference he would have made this year is just not allowing all of this fumbling. That's, it's like no one's being held accountable, dude. I mean, you they know? just the fumbling has just killed this. Even with all the injuries, if they just wouldn't have fumbled. Like, they don't lose. If idiot doesn't fumble and they pick it up and run back for a touchdown, they don't lose to the in Orneville. And then Ingram fumbles inside the 10 that, that, you know, it's just, and then the officials took over. I mean, it was just, fumbling has just destroyed them this year. Oh, yeah. And, like, Alan Kamara fumbled against uh, Seattle yeah. before the half. I mean, just, just like. Just eliminating um, the, and they never had a fumbling problem before until this year. Never. That, that's Crazy been problem. one of the, the biggest differences of him not being here in addition to all the other things. It's just the, all the fumbling. Yeah. Like no one's calling someone anyone yeah. out or being held accountable, you know. No one's taking the, the reins. Like you have DeMario Davis on the other side, but like who's the leader on the, the offense? No, I get no it. One. You're right. I get it. Um, okay, one more thing. Like uh, this whole Michael Parsons thing, I'm surprised you, you didn't like pick up on that earlier. I don't know if you he's been like for about a month now talking about why why quarterbacks are the only ones that win MVP awards. And he's been like on this crusade about, you know, about team and defense and why right. other people getting attention. You he's know right. It's it's I don't know, if you catch up or like read out read read about it, dude, he's like one of the only ones to kinda of like gets starting it. to bring it out, dude. Yes. Yeah. He gets it. He, he's talking yeah. about it. But, yes. uh, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't talk about that earlier. I guess you, it was. I've been trying it was a big to deal, get through this uh, season, like yesterday or whatever. Yes, but yeah, uh, 
I'm, I'm glad, man. I'm glad he's starting to call people out about it. And, like, he, he's talking to, like, you know, writers and stuff like that, you know. Like, people that, you know, their opinions kind of matter or whatever. Bringing up why why is it just a QB award. Yes, it's ridiculous. And I think people are, like, really taking that whole Jalen Hurts thing you were talking about. And, like, they're completely getting it wrong. They're yes. not Because people they're, are so like – because they got such a QW mentality they can't get out of their own way. Like, he's not trying to offend Jalen Hurts. Yes. He's trying to explain he, he probably, football to him. Right. Yeah. And, like, you know, like I was bringing up, like, Jalen Hurts is great, but, like, they just added A.J. Brown, who's, like, an all-elite wide receiver, you know? I mean, look at the talent around him. Uh, anyways. Absolutely. All Thanks right. for the call. Well, appreciate it. it. Merry you. Christmas. We, we will take a timeout and come back, shift gears, Talk to McNeese play-by-play announcer Tom Hafer next on the game. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Medicine season. Medicine season. Now, a season in which a college or professional sports team suffers a disappointing season due to injuries or fluky incidents. Also known as paying the piper. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Welcome back to the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. Want to remind you, we have another deals from AcadianaDeals.com. You could get a $50 voucher to Half Shell Oyster House for only $25. That's right. $50 voucher voucher to Half Shell Oyster House for only half the price. Again, you can only get it by going to Acadiana Deals. KatianaDeals.com. Put yourself in position if you go there to get a $50 voucher to have Shell Oyster House for only $25. All right. I would think that in some parts of Lake Charles, McNeese Cowboy Country, it's a blue Christmas all the time, right, Tom? You got it. Blue and gold. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it was good to get to see you last night in person. Um, I thought it was a really good game last night. It was good to see. I wish we had a chance to sit down and visit for a bit, but we were both busy, obviously, during the ball game. Right. It was a great basketball game. It was a good crowd, and uh, saw a lot of folks from over in the Lafayette area that we knew and, and uh, uh, felt good about the, the performance that the Cowboys gave. Um, you know, uh, not not the victory, and that's Coach Aiken's kind of lament about it. He acknowledged that, yeah, the team played pretty well, but just not quite good enough. I was impressed with the Cajuns and what they were able to do. And, uh, uh, you know, it was just a fun night. You know, I was um, – I remember the first time we spoke and I was just getting to learn a little bit about the McNeese team. And you mentioned Christian Shoemate. I'm like, just a great basketball name. But, man, he's impressive. He, he has the kind of just that physicalness and that aggressiveness – that if the Cadens are lacking one thing, they could use someone like a Christian Shoemaker. 
he is a phenomenal athlete at six seven, and and really, he it, it's so frustrating. He can do anything on the basketball floor except shoot free throws. He's a, I think he was at twenty six percent prior to last night's ball game, which is just absurd. He's the best player on your team, but you can't trust him at the foul line. What a frustration that is. Yes, and it's got to be a mental thing. Um, because he, he he actually shoots three pointers at a higher percentage than he does free throws, um, which is which is loony. But that that's just the way it is. Uh, he is such fun to watch. You saw him under the basket last night at six seven, competing with other guys of of really bigger bigger stature, and and really uh, you know performing at a very very high level. I am loving watching him. He's a sophomore, and we got some more years of him hopefully for uh, for the Cowboys. Um, just got to clean up that free throw act. If you get it to sixty percent, you know that that would be a tremendous difference in uh, in what he offers your team. And you know, I, you and I probably haven't spoken about this yet, but I I talk about this here and there when I see guys like what you're telling me with Christian that really really struggle at the line, and I'm convinced that if you're a bad shooter slash bad free throw shooter, the Rick Barry approach more people who are in that situation should try because I think it's a more repeatable uh, motion. Well, what he's doing now is obviously not working, so anything would probably be better. He'd probably be better off if he just bounced it up there, you know, (laughs) just trying to figure out a way to get it to roll in. Uh, And and what a a crazy, crazy difference in, uh, you know, he's so obviously one of the best athletes on the team, and and that's the problem. It's, uh, It's just weird. Have you ever done a Rick Barry free throw? You know, um, actually, when I played basketball, we used to we used to have contests to see who could do it the best. You know, just just goofing around after basketball practice or whatever, yeah, and see who could who could uh, shoot the Rick Barry free throws. I wasn't very good at, it, but I wasn't good at the regular free throws either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I thought the other difference in the game last night is uh, Zach Scott was three of twelve. If he had had you know, just, uh, you know, a little better. He was 0 of 6 from three-point. He's obviously a little better than that. Had he not had a down night, it might have really gotten even more interesting. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I thought, and and the other thing that, that uh, impressed me, the, the Rage of Cage just had more depth. And when they went on the runs that they did, they were in the latter half of the first half and in the last, what, eight or nine points of the ball game. Uh, it was evident at that point that, that McNeese had just used their starters uh, more than the, than the Raging Cajuns had, and, uh, and they were fresher. I was impressed with, um, with uh, Themis Folks, the point guard. Um, he led both of those rallies, I thought, the, the one that, that got the Cajuns the lead at the end of the first half and then the one at the end of the ball game. They, they, uh, he, he really just was fresher than our, our guards. And Trey English had a great game for us, and he's been uh, terrific at point guard for the Cowboys since he really took over there, but, but gassed at the end of it. All right, so looking forward, it looks like if you, if you stay reasonably healthy, that you can play defense with just about anybody you're going to face in the Southland Conference, if not anyone. It's just about – is it simply – Making enough free throws and limiting turnovers, is that really the whole key? Which you did a great job last night. You you had two or three down the stretch to get to 11, but you can win with 11 turnovers. Yeah, you really can. And and I think, you know, the Southland Conference over the last decade or so has become a point guard league. It just is. It's just like in football where it's a quarterback league. And uh, the, the emergence of Trey English – 
uh, at the position. You know, he played some there last year as a freshman, but really uh, didn't get that many minutes. He has burst onto the scene now as a sophomore. That's the thing that makes me most optimistic about the Cowboys in the conference is that he continues to get better. Um, the other thing about the, the team is that in the early part of the season, we didn't, we were really concerned about a, a couple of things. Number one was that the matchup zone defense that, that the East Cowboys are playing, it was just getting torched. They lost badly to Lindenwood and Western Carolina and uh, some other teams along the way, Tulane, et cetera. And then uh, finally kind of figured it out against Lamar back in that, that three-game weekend that uh, they call it the MTE, the multi-team event. Uh, but we were very concerned. And then, then they went out on the road and played Baylor and Tennessee, and you're not really judging whether they're any good or not. The win against Northern Iowa a couple weeks ago, I think it was Friday the 9th, if not, I'm not mistaken, on the road uh, at the Unidome up there was like, okay, I think maybe it's, it's for real that the Cowboys have turned a corner. And I thought it was evident last night as well that, that the matchup zone is working better and that they have established roles with especially English and Shoemate doing so. Um, so. So I feel okay going into the conference schedule here in just a couple of weeks. The problem is schedule doesn't let up. you got to play Southern Miss and then Houston. It's like man, they've all got to be thinking, all right, let's just get to the new year. I mean, uh, yeah, you know. it, it, exactly. No question about it. Southern Miss is going to be difficult Sunday, and then uh, Houston. Oh my gosh, what are they ranked now? I know they were number one. I don't think they are any longer. Yeah, like fourth or fifth, I think. Yeah, something like that. And, and so you know they're good, and uh, and that's just going to be uh, again try to try to make some improvements, try to establish some roles, see if you can pull off an upset, but just try to play well heading into the conference. Um, your coach, uh, Aiken, you know, you can, you were talking about where his emotions on his sleeve. And I saw him after the game and he just, uh, he looks like me after a Saints game, you know, it's just, <laughs> it, it, it's just, yeah. you can feel for him. Yeah. Yeah. He, he really, he, he talked about it last night in the, in the post game uh, press conference that, uh, and, and he's like that. that, it's, it's great about him. You know, uh, he, he just cares so much. And the, the the mixed emotions of being happy that they played well, it just crushed that they didn't pull it off. It, it was it was uh, it was Coach Aiken. That's who he is. Absolutely. All right. Well, it's good to see you, and uh, appreciate you uh, your time. And we'll see what happens uh, moving forward. Both of these teams have still some work to do, but I, I, I think there's reason for optimism. So we'll see. So Merry Christmas to you, sir, and uh, and um, good luck. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right. McNeese, Cowboys, play-by-play announcer, Tom Hayford. No, I – man. Now, look, you know me. I hate free throw shooting. I hate missing free throws, I should say. I hate bad free throw shooting. So, I I don't know that I could take a guy who's shooting 26% from the line. That would drive me crazy. But everything else you made did last night. The Cajuns need somebody. They need – like, for those of you who are Cajun fans – Long-time Cajun fans. It hit me last night. If the Cajuns just had a 2022 version of Cedric Macchion, that's what they need. For those of you who've been a Cajun fan for a long time, Cedric Macchion, I don't know, was he 6'6", 6'7", 6'7", 6'8", something like that, right around there. But very physical, could jump, could uh, rebound, block shots, scored here and there. 
wasn't a bad offensive player, but wasn't a plus offensive player, but could rebound and block shots. That, that, that If they could just had a, to go along with everything Jordan does well and Terrence does well, that's what they need. They need, they need, they need a 2022-23 version of Cedric Macchion. But again, that, they don't have that. But, and, and, but Shoemate would kind of be that guy. Except for the free throw shoot. Oh, man, I don't know how you shoot 26%. All right, we will take a timeout, come back, finish out today's show on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back. Two footnotes. want to remind you to join the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com, where you could win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. You can't win if you don't join, so join the clubhouse today. All right, somebody else that I want to mention, I failed to mention earlier, I realized that what a fabulous game. You know, you, when, when a kid transfers, especially when they come home, like Greg Williams did, many of us saw Greg play high school basketball at Lafayette Christian, uh, you know, high-flying, dunking, and, and shooting, and just great athlete. And, and, and he went off to St. John, played in the Big East, and came back. And, you know, last season until the very end just didn't go as it was as he thought. He came in a little injured. He had some back issues when he was at St. John. He still had him when he got here. And, you know, he finished strong and was tremendous, made the all-tournament team in the, in the Sunbelt Conference tournament. And then so came into this season with high hopes. And, man, is he playing well. Last night he was 6 of 8 from the field. He made five out of seven threes. His other attempt was a tip-in rebound on a, on, a, on a putback, or like I like to call him in honor of former New Iberia head basketball coach Donald Batiste, uh, a stick-back. I used to love when he said, he calls them stick-backs. I like that. But anyway, in addition to having 17 points, Greg had five rebounds, four assists, only one turnover, two steals, and three block shots. What a – what a just a steady – impressively steady uh, uh, statistical line by Greg Williams. And he's been doing that game in and game out lately. Uh, played 34 minutes. Uh, Jordan's the only player that played more. And he just he's just kind of in a groove right now. And, man, you just – if he can stay in that groove or close to that, you can't always play this well. I understand that. Or this efficient. But um, if he can stay in that groove, that'll be go a long way to the Cajuns getting to what they're hoping they can get to. Uh, and, and he just has a quiet leadership and experience and um, seemed, you know, I've always thought he was a good guy, and, and it just seems like his patience is being rewarded. So that's always good to see. All right, appreciate Tom coming on and all the phone calls that y'all gave us today, kind of getting me through. It was a rough one. Y'all have a nice weekend.